Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Um, but I'd love you to welcome Ruth, Penny, Dave, and Dan. Why don't you guys come and um, grab a stool? As ever, Dave's brought his own microphone. Um, everyone else has got their own. Saves you in the middle seat, Pen. Um, I've had the privilege of knowing all of these guys for like a long time, like probably at least minimum fifteen years, um, twenty, <laughs> twenty in some cases. Um, so I know them quite well, but I just thought to help you guys. Don't know I'm going to do this. Just to help you guys get to know them, just to get a little insight on their personality. We're just going to do some very quick fire. Either or questions. Okay, you've got three each. Okay, just to tell us a little bit about um, who you are. Okay, um, so we'll start at the end with Ruth. Um, Ruth, tea or coffee? Tea. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too hot. Would you rather play a board game or a video game? Ooh. Ooh, that's tricky. Uh, it depends what it is. Uh, Either or, Ruth. Come on, come on. Board game or video game? Video game. Video game. Okay. Dan. Yeah. Birthday or Christmas? Christmas. <laughs> Do we, can we just answer the... Dogs, dogs or cats? Dogs. Yeah. Watch the movie or read the book? Watch the movie. I'm oh, sorry. It's my job. There's, there's, there's music. A, I was going to say it has a soundtrack. It has a that soundtrack. Is, that's Dan's, that is Dan's job. Professional soundtrack person. Um, or writing books about soundtracks. Um, it's available if you want to buy it. Nice. Um, uh, pen, uh, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Uh, do the laundry or wash the dishes? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> on, dishes, go on. Um, Batman or Superman? Uh, Superman, Dean okay. Kane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> New adventures all. 90s throwback. I mean, if Gladiators is back, why can't we remember that? Um, the Amazing Adventures of Superman. Or the New Adventures of Superman. Uh, Dave, uh, burger or hot dog? Burger. You've got a time machine. Do you go to the future or to the past? Ooh, past. Uh, get up early or stay up late? Get up early. Uh, stay, stay up late. Stay Definitely up late. stay up okay. late. <laughs> Definitely stay up late. There you go. So now you know everything there is to know about <laughs> these guys. Um, but, um, so like I said, we are, we've been um, talking about um, this thing of overflow. We've been talking about... Um, what it means to live in the living water that Jesus offers, um, what it means to have him fill us up with his Holy Spirit. Um, and one of the passages we've looked at over the last couple of weeks um, is in John chapter 4, where Jesus meets this, this Samaritan woman at the well. Um, and I won't rehash the whole story, but um, you know he has this conversation with her, um, and which is just scandalous because he shouldn't be talking to her because she's from a different kind of um, ethnic background to him and like Jews and Samaritans don't get on um, but he has these words about um, drinking the water of life and, and water that um, never runs out um, and then and then, and so we talked around this last week um, and then she says to him uh, sir I see that you're a prophet our ancestors worshipped on this mountain but you say you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem then Jesus told her, believe me, woman, an hour is coming 
when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour, and he's talking about himself there. Um, but an hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So Jesus connects he has this conversation about living water and then he talks about worshipping in the spirit and in truth. So is this, there's something about accessing this living water that Jesus offers us that is connected to worshipping and specifically worshipping in spirit and in truth. And, you know, when, um, when the writer of John's Gospel uses the word worship, he's using this Greek word called proskuneo, which means not just like, um, not just attending the temple, which is what like Jesus is talking about and the Samaritan woman is talking about, not just going to the place of worship, not just coming to church, but it's an act of devotion. It's an act of the heart. Um, it's associated with this idea of like kissing the hand of someone who you believe to be important. So it's about devotion. It's, about, it's not just about an act. It's about actually something that means something. And when Jesus talks about in spirit and in truth, he's probably talking about his Holy Spirit, there's no capitalization, but there might be in your Bible. Um, it might say spirit with a capital S. Um, and when it talks about truth, it's talking about not just saying things that are true, but actually a lived experience, a lived reality. Um, one that comes with um, not just all the right ideas, but the life to back it up as well. And so, um, you know, if you have been around our church for any length of time, you'll know that one of the things that we give our time and our attention to is worshipping together. Um, because we believe that it's one of the ways that we get to step in to this living water. We get to step in um, to the overflow that um, Jesus offers us. So kind of just to, that was my attempt to connect what we're going to talk about today to the last um, few weeks. But one of the things we were just chatting this week um, and one of the things that we sort of felt that we wanted to share together um, is this idea that worshipping in spirit and in truth um, is something that we cultivate. It's something that just doesn't just happen. Like there's a journey to go on with it. So Ruth, maybe you wanted to just reflect on that idea a little bit that worship is something we cultivate. Yeah, so as with anything with God... Um, it's first and foremost relational um, and I think we have you know if you think about it what an overflow is um, I think we've got any we've got quite a bad habit I think in the church sometimes of seeing something that looks shiny and overflowing and trying to grasp it trying to put a formula around it um, forgetting that it's about relationship and um, personally you know um, the enemy was never going to get me by, um, you know, if you think of the story of the prodigal son and the, the elder brother, I was never going to be the prodigal son. <laughs> I was never going to be the rebel, but I can really identify with the elder brother. That sense of longing for this relationship with God and thinking that I've got to work for it, got to work for the overflow, got to um, produce it in my own effort. And um, although there's been one part of my heart that's been very alive and connected to God, there's been other parts of my heart so anxious about it, um, feeling so alone, like it's down to me, all down to me to work it up. 
And what was the elder brother's issue? He didn't actually know what was already there. You see, the overflow is already there. It's not something to attain. It's not something to work for. It's something to receive. Because who is the overflow ultimately? It's Jesus. And and so I just want to testify how the Lord has helped me in my life identify the things that are in the way of me receiving him. Um, Again, I think we're very good in the church at serving God, loving him, doing all the right things for him. But where is it? It's 1 John. I think, 1 John 4, um, real love is that God loved us, not that we love him. And, and I really feel there's an invitation in the time that we're coming into in the church of really receiving on a whole new level um, wor- worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah, and Dave, you had a little reflection as well on that sort of thing yeah. as well, didn't you? Thanks, John. Um, when we, when we, as we were coming out of COVID, um, and obviously as a church, we had some other stuff going on at the time as well. Um, we were praying about worship, a few of us were gathering to pray about worship and what the Lord was doing. And one of the things that we really felt was that the Lord was um, uncapping the wells, un- uncovering the wells of, of worship. Now, obviously we, we talk about living water, we talk about living waters. Wells are just a great um, image that the Bible uses to talk about worship and going deeper with, with the Lord. We just kind of felt like this is something that we had as a church family that we would be uncapping those wells that had gone back, in some cases, years, um, you know, even half, half a dozen, dozen years previously, and we were uncapping these wells that we had dug as a church family. And you know, we've all got wells. We've all got our own wells that we dig with the Lord about going deeper with him. But we've also got that together as a church family. That's a, a well that we've dug. Um, like the wells, I, I spent a little bit of time looking at wells. Like if you If you look back at that passage that we did, Last week, John shared last week, and he talked about this as a well that Jacob dug. And it's like, wells are inheritance. There's something we, we get to kind of experience, the people who have dug before us, and we get to keep digging, and we keep partnering together with the Lord about going deeper in him. Um, yeah. And so if um, worship is something that we cultivate, that we work on, um, but also that we... Um, allow the Lord to do in us. There's both a personal and there's a corporate element of worship. There's both our own lives, our own devotional life, but there's our times when we gather together and like we were singing, give Jesus all of our devotion, all of our attention. Um, And Penn, I really liked how you were expressing um, that idea. Why don't you tell us a little bit about when we get together? I was watching a sunset like you do. And um, God just started talking to me about worship and being together. And, you know, when you go and watch a sunset, the reason you're there is to watch the sunset. Um, Because it's stunning and, you know, watching on the horizon and everything. And it usually gathers a crowd, you know. And in our, when we gather together, God was just reminding me, remember that you're together. Um, remember there are people around you. Obviously, he's the main event. He's the one we're giving our attention to. But there's something really beautiful about being together. And, um, like, photographers will call it, like, the golden hour or, you know, just when everything looks really, really pretty. And he's like, remember to look around you because God's doing really beautiful things around you. And that's something that we can receive from too. Um, And so just... um, it was just a really like sweet reminder of 
when we're in that space with him, especially when we're together, just remember to look around you and see the beautiful things he's doing on the people around you. I love that. Yeah, if you want any kind of more photography hints, go chat to Penny about Golden Hour later. I've got plenty of people I can point you to. <laughs> be able to tell um, uh, but Ruth, you also had a little reflection about kind of digging our own wells and worship being something that we need to take personal responsibility for, didn't you? Yeah, well, just the whole thing that worship is obviously not just Sunday morning, <laughs> singing songs. Worship is our whole entire lives. And in a sense, where when we meet on a Sunday morning, it's like a collection of all our own personal little private wells we've been digging. And so, yeah, I just, um, you know, maybe, I don't know whether you're thinking, how do I do that? I don't even know what that is, or I'm trying, but I just felt like God wanted to encourage us all that, um, it's about delight, not just discipline. I think we can feel like we have to like really, you know, dig in the well. It's like, oh, it's hard work. Which, and I suppose in some ways, the only hard thing about it is making the time and the space because we run at a million miles an hour. Um, but where is it that you come most alive? Where is it that you feel most alive in God? Like, is it music? Is it food? <laughs> is it is it sport? Is it creativity is it that's where he wants to spend his time with you and even just spending like five minutes a day just to be still and just receiving and I personally feel like morning times are really significant for that um I feel like there is a bit of a holy precedent for that you know the manna came down in the morning and in that sense that you're setting your sights on him the first the first thing you're doing is setting your sights on him for the rest of the day yeah, and I think, like, just as well, like, psychologically, the mornings are really important for how we set ourselves up for the day. Like, there's plenty of evidence that shows, like, kind of how our first few hours in the day goes. Often is, you know, how we respond through the following 23 or 24 hours. Um, so, uh, yeah, just another shout out for mornings being the thing, the time to connect with Jesus. Um, also, for anybody, if the morning is not your time. Yeah then uh, the Hebrew understanding of like when a day would start yes, is actually does. at sunset. So a if, amen. You, if you personally want to start the day right, then start it at sunset, light a candle and say the day begins now. Because <laughs> uh, that can also be so true. Damned. And actually, Dan, that's a really helpful reflection because like however many people there are in this room, all of our lives look completely different, don't they? Um, and no two of us are the same. We all have, we're all walking through different things. We're all got different things pulling our attention. And so, like, worship does look different in different seasons for us, doesn't it? Um, and Penn and then Dan, you guys had some reflections on that, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, you'll feel different on different days. Like, rocking up here, nobody knows what it took to get you through that door. <laughs> um, for some, it might have taken a whole lot more effort than others, maybe. Um, but neither, you know, neither expression in here, whether it's a still one or a, an exuberant one, neither is less valuable to him. Um, what you're pushing through to give him something, whatever that is, is so, so precious to him. And um, sometimes, you know, the room is overflowing and I'm really not feeling it, but that's that's the beauty of family. You get to receive from 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 other people in those sort of seasons. And then there'll be times when I will have, will feel I have more and I'll be able to give back, you know, on other days. So, um, but yeah, nothing's wasted. Just getting yourself there to his feet, to, you know, turning your attention towards him for 
a few minutes, whatever it is, or whether it's throwing yourself around like a loon, like Kiedel's neighbor was, um, uh, all is precious and none is wasted. Yeah, and I think I'd add to that, like, to just bless and release everybody that your expression of worship and how, how you worship and how worship features in your day-to-day -day life or how you feel in corporate times of worship can and will and should change in different seasons of life. So, like, before having children, I think I probably took for granted a period of, like, 35 to 45 minutes of, like, just undivided attention um, to be able to have the kind of time and luxury to put that to Jesus um, in corporate acts of worship. And then, like, I remember... Um, in a previous building and in a previous situation, but having had like one baby and me and my wife would take it in turns to hold the baby and be like, right, I've got five minutes, do some worship and like have it. And then it's like, right, I'll, we'll swap and you go. And, and um, like, it's just the grace of God that um, I really experienced some incredible moments without feeling like I had to spend 40 minutes to get to that intimate moment, like, or to be like, right, I've done all the business and like, now I'm ready to hear you and receive like it, God is so gracious and kind and merciful that he doesn't, he can change a heart in an instance. He can give you, he can speak to you in like just snatched moments of attention or like, yeah, just like hyper speed, like full fiber broadband worship basically. And then um, that's always there all the time and like in, in corporate acts of worship, but also, um, yeah, on your own. And also my experience of worship has also like changed and evolved in that because like more recently, having my youngest Clara in, in times of worship, I've been able to really experience a different side of worship by just throwing her in the air and dancing around with her and like knowing that that is just as much my worship to God and my recognition of his heart and like seeing the joy that we can have together. Like that's been really special. And I think previously I wouldn't have expected to see that as like my attention on God, but it really is. And so however it looks and feels for you and however much time you feel like you're able to be like, or whatever your attention span feels like, like he meets us in that. Yeah, and I think um, that he doesn't forget our history with him. He doesn't forget, like, so you could call it Welsh, you could, you know, whatever your journey with him has looked like, all those times when you did have all that time and space. Um, like, know that, when you get those moments, you're sowing in. You're sowing into your future. You're sowing into um, your relationship with Him. And you know, I remember a season of time where I listened to a particular song, and the line was um, that hit me was "Go buy oil." So it's what is it, Matthew twenty-five? You got it. Um, whoa. <laughs> um, the the lamps and making sure you have oil for yourself like I counsel you go find go find your own oil basically and I just remember feeling for a season of time right I just need to go buy oil I need to get in front of him I need to um you know worship for as long as I can like I had a real conviction of it and I think I think my now the future self um is just really grateful for those times because I I think in that, when you do get your moment of time, um, and sometimes it does feel really snatched, I think that um, that's what you're jumping into, an overflow that you um, cultivated whenever that was, um, it still runs for you, you know, he doesn't forget any of the minutes or mo moments that you gave him, and so when you have that relationship with him, you can recognize him, and it, and it does build something that means that you, recognize, you can recognize him quicker, and you can... <gasps> Oh, yeah, and it takes you straight back to the times you've been with him before. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't discount any of it.
Yeah. You raise your eyes, I would say. To that, that um, you know, I think sometimes we can think of bringing God our worship and we have this idea of like jubilantly throwing ourselves around and giving thanks, but actually, He really honors just the most humble of offerings. If it's just all your pain that you've carried, if it's your shame, if it's sin that you've committed, like bring it as an offering. Isn't that just incredible? That's what we can do with Jesus. We can just give it back to him. We don't have to bear the consequences. He did it for us. And that is just as holy. Like if all you can do is come into this room and just surrender what went entirely wrong this week, that is such a sweet fragrance to him. The more... The more I go on in life, the more I realize that my most frequent expression of worship is actually surrender. You know, it's literally, can't control that, can't fix that, can't do anything about that. Here you go. <laughs> and that is so holy because we're allowing him uh, to gain access to what is already his. And just there is no, I just want to say this is not a community that does performance. You have permission to be messy. You have permission to bring all the stuff <laughs> and be authentic this is what spirit and truth is it's not putting on some kind of mask it's bringing your authentic messy self and saying you can have me in this way and guess what he's all right about that it's us that have the problem <laughs> we're like oh let's just brush ourselves up so yeah just know you are already provided for in every way yeah i love that and because <clears throat> we were again we were chatting when we were talking about this morning um, we were just reflecting that actually, like, life hasn't always looked like, oh, I'm really excited to come and worship today. And it hasn't always felt like I've been in worship and I felt Jesus with me. And, like, uh, and again, at different times, different seasons, all, all of us, we probably stood in this room and thought, what's everyone else doing? <laughs> like, am I the only one? Am I the only one that's just sort of feels like I'm singing at the ceiling and nothing's happening? Um, and... Um, we've all experienced those different ebbs and flows of life. Um, so, guys, what what would you say to someone that says, like, yeah, worship doesn't feel like overflow. It doesn't feel like connection. Um, Dan, what would you... I can speak to that, yeah. How would you speak to that, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, my experience, whether it's of, yeah, of times of corporate worship, but also, in, you know, in my own spiritual life and journey and health like my sometimes i'll turn up to church and i'll be like yeah let's do it like i can worship like i've got so many reasons so much to be thankful for praise you jesus and the, the praise just like comes straight out hallelujah um and then other times you know i might turn up and i'm leading worship and it's just there's nothing to overflow i'm turning up and i'm like there's i have zero to offer this morning i don't even really know how i feel about jesus um, I don't know, do you know what I mean? Like, and that's me being real. Um, but you don't receive from me when I'm leading worship, you receive from God. And it's he, in his grace, doesn't wait until I feel full, until, I, until he overflows out of what he's blessing in all of us. Like, he doesn't wait until you feel full. Um, he does fill us, and it's by faith that we receive, but it's not feeling. It's not through being like, oh, yes. I'm up to 100% now, I've charged, I've plugged in, and now I'm ready to give all of that out. Um, it happens all at the same time, and it's completely overlapping, and it's completely messy. And yeah, it's the same in the week. Sometimes I'm able to, if I'm planning a worship set, it's like I'm able to really like think about it and seek the Lord and like develop what I really think that he's going to want to do on a Sunday morning. And honestly, sometimes I just think of songs 
that are quite nice, that I quite like singing. And in his grace, it's those times when I haven't really had the time or discipline to like dig into it and it hasn't feel like I'm overflowing that there's been like real powerful moments of like connection or or there's been a real like God has been on this moment without telling me beforehand um, or without me listening beforehand let's face it so yeah my idea of like the overflow and how it feels just when I was reflecting about this thing about spirit and in truth it's that the truth is he wants us as we are you know you can't come to you can't fill yourself up to come to him and be like right now I'm ready for the surplus like he he's everything from zero up um that he gives us and it's he's so gracious in that I think um I think quite often the thing that above all else that matters the most is what's our heart posture like as Dan was saying like we we can we can turn up absolutely ready for it or we can turn up just not ready for worship or not ready at all and there are those times that you just got to set your heart. You just got to go right. Okay, my heart posture, Lord, is to you. And like, it, I don't want to worship, but I want to want to worship. And it's that honesty, as Ruth was saying on that dialogue, bringing that mess to the Lord and going, "This is where I am right now. I'm not here. This is where I want to be. I'm not there right now. But this is where I am. My heart posture is to you." And that's like, above all else, that's the starting point that we can have journeying with the Lord. Um, one of the things John said, we have all have these ebbs and flows in life where we feel really close to the Lord or times where it feels quite hard work to push into his presence. One of the things I was listening to recently was um, a podcast, a worship podcast with John Mark McMillan. And he was just talking about mountaintops. Um, and obviously we talk about mountaintops and worship is like this glorious experience of being right on the mountaintops with Jesus in the thin place where we get to experience Jesus. But he went, you know what? Mountaintops are desolate places. And it's like you go to a mountaintop, there's nothing there. But one of the massively beautiful things about being on a mountaintop is the view it gives you of the valleys. It's that perspective on where you've come from, the journey that you've been on. You know, you may have slaved away for the last 8 to 12 hours to walk up this mountainside, and it's felt like heart graft. And you get to the top, and it's like, right, I'm here. And you can look back, and you can go, here's, here's everything that I've walked through. Here's everything that I've journeyed with with the Lord to get me to this point. And that's one of like, the real beautiful things about those moments. So like when you're in the valleys, it's, it's realizing there is a mountain top. I'm going to get there, and it will give me this, this perspective. And one of the beautiful things about doing this together is that... <clears throat> I mean, uh, just like basing a bunch of this on statistical likelihood, there's some of you in this room that are in, on the mountaintop. It's like, life is good. I'm feeling great. I've got a list as long as my arm of reasons that I want to worship. And there's other of us that are kind of either in the pit of the valley, halfway up, halfway down, not even sure where we are because it's dark. <laughs> we don't even know what we're doing. But we get to draw on one another's strength don't we get to draw on one another's overflow and the, just one of the things I love that we get together all the mix of stories in in the room and it's actually you know whether it's people on the stage or across the room we are leading one another in our pursuit of the Lord and actually there's there's times when you because of what the Lord is doing in your life you are a worship leader without a microphone without a title but you are pulling the people around you just with what is flowing out of you you're pulling people towards you and saying, come on, let's go up and worship. 
Let's climb that mountain together. Let's be with Jesus together. I love that. Um, Can I add just on, yeah, on, definitely. on the end of that? Yeah. But, uh, similar to what Ruth is saying, that sometimes praise is a sacrifice and we have to um, choose, like speak to your soul, like speak to yourself and say, no, I choose to worship and um, this is what I'm choosing to do. And sometimes... You know, in the culture that we're in, we like to feel nice. We like to feel warm and fuzzy. And that that can become, I don't know, an idol or something that we look for and seek for in a time of worship. And then when you don't feel that, you come to a time of worship and it's like, right, I don't feel anything like I would normally feel. So why should I bother? You know, like I sort of feel like just sitting down and checking out. Nothing wrong with sitting down, but don't check out because he's worthy. That's why we're, that's why we do it. Like we were singing this morning, like, you are worthy of all our attention. Yeah. Like, I am going to choose to focus my attention on you. You are worthy of all my devotion. Although when I'm singing that, I always mix them up and sing detention. I, I did, I did. And it's not detention. <laughs> but attention and devotion. Those two things. Because he's, because he's worthy. That's the only reason that we would, you know, choose that. Um, and it's not about how I feel in that moment. But actually, I know that if I look at you, you change the way I see everything else. And I don't have to feel it. That's the fruit. Also, oh, sorry, yeah. we're running out of time. To add to that, um, I had someone share quite a profound analogy for me um, around the times when we feel disconnected um, from God. Um, absolutely, 100%. You can never go wrong. It's all part of the moment. But it's also knowing that he's with you in that moment. He's not there judging you, uh, like, what is wrong with you? Hello. Um, and actually, this is a very good picture of overflow, and it's a breastfeeding mother. <laughs> you know, if, if a mother's milk comes in as it should, she's so full of milk. And if, if the baby isn't able to latch on, we're very conscious that the baby's in distress because the baby's starving, longing to receive what it's hungry for. Um, but the mother is also suffering deeply. Like, she's in excruciating physical pain and emotional pain. And that, just, that was just such a profound moment for me to realise that God is with us in the suffering of our disconnection. He's actually with us in the, in the experience of feeling like he's not with us, if that makes sense, and that he works in those moments with our heart to get rid of those things that are in the way of us experiencing him more. And Yeah. Yeah, he, want, he wants to journey with us in it. So, like, when, when you say spirit and truth, the truth of you is exactly as you are and everything you're going through and all the things, ups and downs, like be exactly yourself. That's what you bring. We're a, we're a living sacrifice. We're there for him. And we're presenting ourselves, like especially in this sort of time, we're, we're presenting ourselves again. We're saying, surrender, I'm yours. But then there's the spirit where like we are connected to him and we can ask him, we can ask him, what what does my offering look like today? Like what 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 am I bringing today? And like I've had moments where so, like, I'm talking about in your imagination, like, those eyes. So, where, actually, he just invites me to sunbathe, is how I describe it. And, I, and, it, and it will be, I will be sat, and I will be, or stood, and I will just head up, and I am just, like, delighting, and being delighted in, and that's what I have for that day. And then other times, I've, like, he's, so, I talked about him 
jumping around over us, I listened to a talk on praise, all the different ways that we can praise in the Bible. Halal was talked about as his favorite, just because it comes up the most times. And Halal um, is jumping around under the influence of a violent emotion. Like it's big, it's loud, it's, you know. And, and they kind of landed, the reason why he thought that this was his favorite word is because when you look at um, the verse that talks about how he rejoices over us, it's the same. It's a really similar description. It's jumping around, it's leaping, it's spinning, it's, and that's how he feels about us. And so I've been in moments of worship where he's, it's almost like I'm in a dance-off with Jesus. <laughs> and I can see how he's delighting and, um, you know, rejoicing over me. And he's like inviting me into the same. I've never beaten him. He always wins, you know, but um, it's just that it's your connection time and it's and it's your personal journey and he is totally with you in it he wants to show you like what about this today and some of those things I've only have only uh happened in my living room and I've never made it to a corporate setting (laughs) (laughs) you'd probably be pleased to know um but you know like I say it's a journey like you know if he shows you something he's like I can't do that today. There's no chance, you know. It's like that's that's cool. Like it's not. He's. It's not like a massive. Um, it's not to condemn you. It's to encourage you. It's to um, be with you and work with you. Is relational. It's together. Awesome. This is good. Um, Dave just got one more thing. Going to share, and then we're going to actually. The band's going to come back. In fact, worship team, you guys want to get yourself ready. Dave's going to share one thing, and then Penn's going to pray for us Thanks, um, as we worship. It's just a picture. I think maybe there's some people in the room this morning that um, the Lord wants to interrupt and just tell you he loves you. You know, we've been talking about worship. We've been talking about, um, yeah, we've been talking about worship. And some of these, I'm not feeling it right now. But, like, I had, I don't know if any of you noticed, right at the beginning, my daughter came and, like, interrupted. I was literally ready. I was supposed to be counting everybody in to starting the song. Um, and she came up, she was like, and I was like, okay, don't do that. And, uh, and I was like, what is it, what is it? And I was like, daddy, I love you. And like, it interrupted, it interrupted, not going to lie, it interrupted us starting the song. But like the Lord is coming to you, interrupting what you're doing this morning and telling you he loves you. That's great. Well, Penn, when you come and... Um, pray for us. Do you want us to stand up, sit yeah. down? So let's stand. Let me stand if you're able you to. You can sit down after if you want, but you know, let's stand together now. <laughs> if you're able. Yeah, so um, let's use our bodies. So just put your hands out in front of you like you're receiving something. <laughs> And all I'm kind of showing with that is we're just coming to Jesus and we're saying, here I am. Yeah, God, we just stand here as, um, yeah, just in surrender as your living sacrifices, your living, breathing, talking, everything all for you God and I just thank you um, for this next bit of time this next bit of worship that we're going to be doing together 
thank you for the tapestry that we're going to weave this offering together, this beautiful um, masterpiece that we're going to be offering together to you now. I thank you for how much you delight in it. I thank you for how precious it is to you. I thank you that it is completely unique. This group of people in this time going through these things will never be in the same room again. Never have been, never will. This is a completely unique offering to you now, God. And we just give ourselves to it. The complete truth of who we are together now, God. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to show us what does that offering look like today. And we ask for boldness and we ask for courage just to pour ourselves out in that way for you right now. And again, just to reiterate, feel totally free. Move out from your chair, get some space, come down the front. Whatever it is, you are totally released and free to express that right now. Yeah, we're here for you, God. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless. See you soon.